Welcome to Space to Face, a podcast where we encourage you to build the online and offline presence of your brand. Whether your strength is online or in person, we believe there's business magic to be made in the blending of both. This is a podcast for passionate creatives and entrepreneurs who want to bridge the gap between their online space and meeting face to face. I'm Paige Poppy. And I'm Asia Crescent. Thank you for joining us. Let's jump right in. Hi, everyone. Hi guys, we are so excited to have another interview and this is a really special spot in our heart because today we're interviewing Jamie Hyatt, who is a photographer from Canada, who just went and saw Paige and is now here with me. We talk about this on the show, we're going to get more into it, but I want you guys to expect to be really, really inspired and very challenged to be really intentional. We um, didn't have like a guideline as much with this chat with Jamie because we knew that she was going to have so much information on so many different topics and so I want you guys to really expect to be to learn so much and to be like, I want to put intention into my business. Um, because just from hearing her speak, you know that she takes time to think about how can I intentionally be a better photographer? How can I be a better provider? How can I be a better person for my client? And I want you guys to really put yourself in those shoes now so you can be prepared to feel this way. Cause now I'm like, so can I go take a break and like redo my whole business plan? Can we, <laughs> do I have time for that right now? Because that's about to go happen. Um, so you guys are really going to enjoy it. I cannot wait to hear what you guys think. Hey guys, welcome back. Hello everybody. Hello. <laughs> we are here with the one and only Jamie Hyatt, who is our photographer friend. And this is pretty special because earlier this week, Jamie was here in Arizona visiting her family, so I got the chance to meet her in person for the first time, and now she is in what? Which was amazing. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad you had fun, and now she is in San Luis Obispo sitting next to Asia while we record. This is so amazing, but like, don't forget she had a quick stop over in Fresno, which (laughs) was not ideal, (laughs) nonetheless. She's been quite the traveler, so um, Jamie is actually from Calgary, Canada, and we met her online and we will get let you talk a little bit about like who you are what you do and how you came to be on this yeah. faded podcast hey i have to say i'm so proud of you you actually said it correct yeah you said hey, calgary she you said some people calgary. say calgary i'm like who are these people <laughs> yeah she told me that too i was like oh boy it's oh. all people who come up from out of town. They're like, Calgary? I'm like, no. no. Both, both of you guys both of you guys say Tempe instead of Tempe. I know, but it's a food. Valid. Valid. <laughs> so valid. I started yeah. calling it Tempe, though. I'm getting good. You're getting, getting better. better. Getting yeah. better. Getting good. <laughs> yes. Take yeah. us off. Let us know. We already told them that you're a photographer. Yes. And if you guys have been stalking uh, me on Instagram or on Facebook or on any sort of social media, uh, you will see that she's the one who created the amazing art of the beard and I together. <laughs> um, so I'm a little Thank bit you. in awe of the work at the moment. And so yes, tell she us photographed more. me too. And those were gorgeous in Popville oh, Park, my favorite place on earth. And yes. people oh. have been dying over those photos too. And like talking about them. So please tell us more. Take it away. <laughs> I love you guys so much. Thank you. So yes, I am a photographer. I specialize in weddings, uh, particular couples just in general, and also interior design. Um, however, my opener for me would be like, I'm an old, I'm a fashionable old soul. <laughs> uh, creative Swiss army knife. I do so many things. Um, but photography is like my vocation. And it's how I produce my art. It's how I articulate. It's how I... Um, it's, oh, it's it's my mark. That's what mm-hmm. my mark is. I love mm-hmm. to um, – that's how I want to leave the world is through photography. Um, and obviously that will probably evolve 
like everything does. Mm-hmm, it's everything mm-hmm. in life is cyclical. So yeah. And I came upon the podcast because we're all sparklers yes. from Alex Beaton's The Spark Lounge. And it's so funny. I was actually trying to think about this of how it really originated. Yeah. And I it don't was, know. I, I, I'm really struggling, but I remember how I found Paige through you. Okay. And I found you because you did a video on the selfie and you had oh, your purple hair. And my taking shots yeah, video. Taking shots video. Yeah. And that's how I found you. And I was like, this girl is awesome. <laughs> that's so funny because the first recollection I have of you is your like introduction video that uh, you made into the Spark Lounge to like let everyone know who you were. And I think maybe I had seen your name yeah. floating in there, but good good to know that video, video is a yeah, very strong it. relationship yes, builder a strong question and even yeah. if it wasn't the first time we had come in contact with her with each other in our memory that was like a very yeah, stick out. yeah yeah interesting yes and it's, it's so much more personal totally right? completely um to elaborate on like your journey as a photographer when you were in town and like we were first getting coffee you told me like the most beautiful story about how you kind of fell out of photography and got back into it do you yeah. want to share that too yeah, for sure. Um, I think a lot of people probably be, could relate. So I started my photography journey in 2009. I just left fashion school because I kind of had like the connect the dots, like the whole Steve Jobs thing where everything kind of connected back to photography. Like it originally started in high school. I was the editor, editor of my high school newspaper. I was also doing like features and when I was in grade 10 and then grade 11 for sports and my teacher, who was kind of like a mentor to me at that time, gave me his DSLR, which was like the very first DSLR. He gave it to you? He gave it to me to use. Like, he would let me take it home. And wow. I, I realize now those were so expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, he trusted me. He trusted <laughs> you. Me. So yeah. He have his expensive equipment. So, yeah, he trusted me with his camera, which was nuts. Mm-hmm. I am a high schooler. Mm-hmm. But I was very responsible. I was totally that an academic kid that did everything. I was perfectionist type A um every school anything I was involved um and so that's kind of where I got my first taste of photography but I really thought I was going to go into journalism or magazine design because I loved doing layout design like that was my Mm. favorite part of editing and I was the only person in the history of the scarlet fever to actually get the closest to absolute perfection and what does that mean? Was that what it means like no errors oh. at all. Um, mm-hmm. Like margins, like any kind of like image issues or edits for like even the articles. Like I was the closest person to That's get so it, cool. Uh, to absolute perfection. I took such pride in that. Yes, I was like, yes. 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 Um, and so after that point, I, I'm not going to go into the super long detail one, but I went into like desktop publishing and that's kind of like uh, magazine design, uh, print design in general. Mm-hmm. And when I was there, I, I loved it, but I realized I was really drawn to the photography aspect of it. And I thought it was more of the fashion side. So I, that's why I went to fashion school. But when I was in fashion school, I hated sewing. I loved mm. design. I love illustrating, but I loved the branding and I loved doing the photo shoots. And so mm. it drew me back to going to photo shoots. Like when I created a design, I looked forward to doing the photo shoot more than anything. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. I'm so excited to capture what the design means. I'm so excited to uh, create a story and to visually get people to understand why I created this garment the way it, the way it's supposed to be, uh, I guess, seen or used. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's what got me interested to further photography. So I went back to Calgary. I went to school for photography. Um, I didn't, I do not recommend that. <laughs> Don't do it. You're wasting your money. Everything is online anyways. Just do that. <laughs> and 
uh, even my professor in school, he said, one of my professors, he was actually a docu photographer, which he was so cool. Um, he will forever be ingrained in my mind. He said, you know what? No one ever went to school for photography. No one. He's like, this is just a recent thing. You learn by being in the field. You learn by doing. Yes. That's how you master your craft. And I was like, yeah, holler. Yeah. Well, Cal, that's Cal Poly's motto. And like, yeah, that is how I live my life. It's like yes, the best exactly. thing ever. It's so important. And so that's what I did. As soon as I came out of school, I just got my feet wet with everything I tried on. I tried every kind of photography client. I, I kind of got sucked into doing like families and children but I did fashion editorial because of my history with school, but mm-hmm. I didn't like doing children or families. It was just not my thing. And I really had low confidence at that point, but I took on a mentor around 2011. And that was fun through like my ex-boyfriend who who's a, his friend was a photographer who was out of like LA and New York. And I got set up with him and we didn't really have the best, um, relationship <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. uh he he wasn't he wasn't a good fit for me for a coach he wasn't sensitive he couldn't he was very much like a purist when it came to the photography world like he went to school for it and he was very opinionated and he pretty much told me like you don't know what you're doing you cannot charge people for this Oof. and so it literally crushed me I was so I was not confident at that point and that just literally made me shut down and so I stopped doing the mentorship I packed up my camera and I put it in a closet and I didn't touch it for two years Whoa. and so I became a yoga teacher instead um, but the thing about that was that it was always pulling at me so every time I saw a friend that was doing photography or if I saw an image it always would pull me back in of mm-hmm. oh like I would have done that differently or oh I love that how they did this like I wonder how they did that and I'd be googling it or mm-hmm. it was always like I was always loving it but I wasn't involved with it anymore and I wanted to be but I just I wasn't ready and how I got back into it which is a super cute story Ooh, I can't wait. <laughs> was my boo my bae <laughs> uh, this is the window that she gets now from being <laughs> yeah. on John and I for 24 hours <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go back to Canada with, like, such a California um, lingo. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Lana's going to be like, what did they Who do are you? <laughs> funny. Um, so I met Landon, and he knew I was a photographer before, and he saw my work, and he loved what I did. And he was actually kind of choked that I stopped doing photography. Mm-hmm. And so one day he came home with this lens that I was literally goo-goo-eyed over, and I couldn't afford it. Because yoga teachers don't make a lot of money. <laughs> and so he came home with this 50 millimeter lens, um, which I was dying to get. And he was like, hey, I bought this for you. I just want you to like play with it and just see how you feel. And so that day, I we went out for like a really cute date. And it started kind of raining, but it was still sunny out. It was really cool. And the photos that came from it were so magical and so dreamy. And I just fell into like the editing hole where you're yes. just so excited. Ugh. And I was just played. And I literally like stayed up forever working on those images, just playing and playing and playing. And I just got that creative itch again and just wanting to get back into it. So I started doing creative shoots. People wanted to pay me, but I honestly refused because I just, I had that message still in my mind from that mentor of being like, you don't know what you're doing. Don't charge. Mm. And so it was like a worthy thing. And I didn't feel like I was worth that to have that compensation yet. And so I played and it was amazing. It was such a great time. And then eventually my confidence came back up and I realized that my time is worth it. 
and people want to pay me. And if people mm-hmm. want to pay me, I should let them. Yes. <laughs> so, and so I let them pay me. Yes. And honestly, as soon as I made that decision, it was like something just clicked. Everything mm-hmm. skyrocketed. Like the business, like as soon as I made a decision to be like, yep, this is what I'm doing. It's always been this. Like I made between those times, you would never know, but I had like five businesses and they, they had such a strong photography element, but I like, I loved doing the photography mm-hmm. and I loved doing the design work, but then it would stop. It could never get far enough right. because I didn't love it enough. And so with photography, when it got to that point, there was never anything, there was no wall. It literally just like Kept went going. up here and went skyrocketed yes. and it was yes. insane. Like I had so many inquiries. People wanted to have me as their photographer and that was like a huge inclination that like, hello, red flag, like, yeah. This is, Jamie, this is what you're supposed to be doing. This is what people want from yes. you. And that's kind of how it all came to be. And so 2013 is kind of when I restarted my business. And honestly, I haven't looked back. It's been amazing. I stopped teaching yoga as of December because I couldn't balance the two. It was just too much, um, too much work. And honestly, having yoga for myself now is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember that when you were like still teaching a little bit on Snapchat and we would see that. I was exhausted. Yeah. Exhausted. Because so much out of weekends and evenings were always taken by photography and yoga. Like I had no time. I had no social time. I couldn't be with London. Um, I had, I literally worked all the time and I was so, so tired because mm-hmm. when I do something, it's 110% or nothing at all. Like I will give everything into something because I feel like that's what people deserve. They don't deserve a portion of my Mm-hmm. Uh, my effort they deserve all my effort especially if like they're paying for it mm-hmm. and so yeah so with yoga I was always prepping my classes I was always making sure like I had the best class set up and I'd always be early and I always make sure I stayed late so I can answer questions like I was never like see ya I'm out of here mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. yeah I wanted to make sure everyone had the best experiences and um yeah <laughs> I feel like I needed to take notes during that because I have so many things to say in like <laughs> relation to everything that could take us on to like 12 oh. different episodes, like per topic. Oh, totally. So first, um, what, so Amy Young, who we had on a couple weeks ago, she made like a follow-up video on what we talked about. And mm-hmm. one of the things she was saying was she was saying, um, if you want to find your con, listen to this feeling. That was the title of the video. Yes, yes, and yes, she yes. was saying, I thought it was so, she just comes up with the best metaphors. And she was like, I love croissants. I love pastry. I don't look at a pastry chef and think, man, I wish I could do that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I want to exactly. know how to make yeah, this. Yeah. But you were looking at these images and yeah. you were like, I, like you think about the process behind it and yeah. like the person who's making it and you're not, you don't just like a f- person who's like a photographer deep down cannot just appreciate an image. No, like you can't. You, can't. you want everything. Yeah. You want everything of that picture. Yeah. Like, I want all of it. I want all of it. I want to be I want the person to know. who took a picture. Yeah. I want, yes. Yeah. I want to meet those people. I want that stylist. I want that lighting. Like what right. are you doing there? Where were you? Yeah, yeah exactly. Location is that. <laughs> I need to know what your aperture was. Yeah. What was your ISO? Everything. Tell me. <laughs> now. And that's how, like, I feel like it's so you're calling. Um, and it's so, like, amazing that the, those two things really have to line up with exactly what Amy was saying. With pay yeah. attention to that feeling. Not everyone's and, interested in all those things. No. Like, just like, I could care less, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, just, it's, yeah. I've tried to learn the Aperture and ISO thing. Yes. It's the kind of thing where, like, I'm an intelligent person. I could probably figure it out, but I have no care to. No care. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas me, I'm like, tell me. Tell me all <laughs> Tell me all of it. <laughs> 
We all of it. Um, yeah. And then another random thing is that the reason I started my business is because of John, not why I started photography. But oh. yeah, when I moved back from France, and John told Jamie the whole story of how we met. Yes. For 100 hours yesterday. It was amazing. Um, for the second time because Jamie's already heard it from me. So <laughs> it was really lovely. Two different perspectives. I do that with all my clients. I yes. love it. Though. Love it. His, his yeah. is very different. I was like, I'm not going to correct you because this is your version, but I'm just saying yeah. that's not right. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I moved back from France, I remember him being like an objective person. He didn't know me very well. And I was like, hey, like random stranger who I don't know very well. Do you think I should go back to school and be a speech therapist because I'm already in grad school right now? Should I continue that or should I like follow my dream and become a photographer? And he's like, I definitely think you should start your own business. And I was like, okay, cool, thanks. Like just took it as a sign and then went off and started the business. Like, thanks, friend. And so he's been there since the very beginning of the business. Not since the, not the yeah. beginning of my journey, but the beginning of the Having a fan like that, having someone in your, yes. in your life that's going to like really push you forward, I feel like is so key. Oh, man. Because you need a support system because you are going to like anytime you start your business, the first year, the first two years are always so hard, mm-hmm. um, which sounds so cliche, but it's so true because mm-hmm. it's you have to get adjusted to what it's like to work for yourself yes like the first year of business I cried so much mm-hmm. and I had so many thoughts of like why am I doing this to myself this is so hard this is too much pressure but Lannon was there to be like no you've got this you are so talented don't stop keep pushing forward and I feel like that has made all the difference yes you need to have yeah. somebody in your corner that way. Okay, so another thing about your story that really like resonated and I feel like we want to share with our listeners so much is that the stars align when it's what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I've said this before and I'm trying to figure out a way to say it to where I'm mm-hmm. not being discouraging to the obstacles or like yeah. when you face an obstacle, then just give up. Because there always are going to be obstacles. I but call when, it the flow. Yes, it needs to flow. It's Absolutely. a flow. It's like relationships. Mm-hmm. Yes. If a relationship doesn't really flow and it's literally like so hard all the time I'm yeah like, dude you're not in the flow that's not the right thing that's, that's not the right thing yeah. no and it's the same thing with the business is that if it's like there's like if you can't get anything like there's like there's no like demand for what you're doing I feel like it's maybe not quite there yet like yeah. maybe it's just a little bit of an adjustment or maybe you're not being totally authentic or those little things like those little changes yeah can make a huge difference or it's yeah. just not the right path or the right path in general. Yeah. 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 But it's, I know what you mean. It's hard to not to say that without discouraging some people being like, that's not where you're supposed to be. Right. Right. But, but, yeah. it is. but I think it's also like there, it's just for all three of us. It's like the, the, the thing that you cannot not do. Yes. Right. Actually, yes. Elizabeth Gilbert. And I told, I think I've told you both mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. I was listening to her on CBC radio in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> so you might not know what that is. <laughs> no. And one thing that really drew me into her conversation and what really hit the spot with me was she said that writing was not her career. It was her vocation. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really understand what she meant at first. I was like, what does that mean? Like, it is your career. <laughs> it is, yeah. But what she meant was that she cannot not do writing. She cannot. She just cannot do it. She has to. And it's the same thing with photography. And no matter how hard it gets and no matter what obstacles that you face – it, it hurts more to not do it than to do it. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Like, you have to. You do have it. to do it. Yep. 
No, yes, it's so true. It's so true. And we we talked this before in my business because we preach consistency, and that's something that I totally struggle with as someone who really feels strongly about like not putting something out there that I don't feel really authentic about. Yeah. So it's really hard for me to like conjure up authenticity in the form of a blog post three times a week, and I just bow down to people who can yeah. do that. Yeah. And. Paige um, Schmidt, who we had on last week, is an excellent example of what I wish I could be because she's so authentic and she's able to pump out stuff three times a week. It's amazing. I cannot do that, so I have no consistency in that way. Yeah. But Paige is like, but your your consistency is in your photography. Like yes. you've always That's like a as, good point. Yes. Like as much as I've been, I've done videos, I've done blogging, I've done this, I've done that. But everything isn't based around the fact that I've started because that's what I have to do. Like that is like the main thread of, of everything that I want to do on top of of my life. It's always coming down to photography. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, but you like, can you like, if you get a full-time position working in the architecture field, mm-hmm. can you imagine not painting ever? Oh, hell no. No. Right. That's why, especially in the last couple months when I was pursuing, like maybe doing something with architecture or interiors still, definitely part-time was a requirement for me yeah. for that because it's getting to a point where so I actually have this like pull back and forth each direction but we all both we all know that photography or art is not just all taking photos and all editing photos or all just painting mm-hmm. it's yeah. a lot of computer time and yes. so it's the busier I get and the more my business grows, you need to like have balance between the two of those things. So it's not like I could have a 40 hour week job and be like, Oh, it's fine. I'll just paint in the evenings. It's like, no, there's a lot that goes. There's so you much have more. No life. Yeah. yeah. The back behind the scenes is so nuts of that. So oh, definitely, yes. definitely that would not but I be do chill. Like, yes. It would not be yeah. chill. I do feel like though, when anybody has a pull for anything, I'm like, just please do it. Yes. No matter what it is, just try it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like you, you won't know and you'll just keep thinking about it. So if you have a pull for interior design, I'm like, you know what? Just start somewhere do with something. it. Yeah. And if you're like, wait, no, this is not it. Then you try and now you know, and you'll yes. never have that feeling in your stomach anymore. You'd be like, okay, this is my okay, path right now. Mm-hmm. And that's just part of life. Everything is cyclical. Things will come out. Things will go away. And right. it's okay to try something and be like, and I'm not it. I always or, picture myself yeah. like when I'm older and be like, would I rather look back and be like, oh, I remember when I wanted to start a business one time and I just never did it. Or mm-hmm. would I rather look back and think like, oh, I, w- I had a photography business. Like it didn't work out, but it was, yeah. it was fun. Like, and that's the risk that you take. You either don't do it at all and then, or you're scared of doing it and failing. And mm-hmm. there's like this beautiful chance of none of those things will happen. But like, what is so bad about looking back and being like, and I started it, it didn't work out, but I did it. Yeah. You know? I love that quote of fail faster because it means that you're trying more things. You're getting out of your oh. comfort zone faster. So like the more you fail, uh-huh. the better because you took a leap, you took a chance. And sometimes like, you're obviously not always going to fail. Right. But if you fail faster, it means you have, you're, you're, getting, closer. you're getting closer and you're growing quicker. And that is so valuable. Yes. And staying within your comfort zone is not valuable. You're no. just going to be in the same spot. In what ways in your photography business recently do you think you have failed faster? In what ways have you failed recently, Jamie? Which way do you feel? Well, I think that could be an interesting question because, hmm. like, if you asked me that, I don't think that I have any, any failures. failures like, like, not that, not in a cocky way, but like, I don't feel like I have failures within what I'm doing because this is like my core genius of what I enjoy doing. I've yeah. had failures in other realms of things okay. I tried. Yes, of like business. Yes. Is that what you mean? Yeah, agreed. I feel like maybe maybe it's a, a different question. It's not like it's almost 
what have you done that was outside of your comfort zone that you're like, I could potentially screw this up really hard and mm-hmm. not do it correctly whatsoever. Right. And I can just let down everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was, that's kind of more what it is. Yeah. And for me, that was interior design. I had little interest. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. no, I don't really want to do that. Yeah. Because my mom uh, was, she's a, a home stager mm-hmm. in real estate. So that's how I actually started doing interior design photos a long time ago, uh, like back in 2009 when I first started and I hated it. <laughs> it was awful. And, uh, so when Landon approached me to do interior design, I was like, Nope, not interested. But he designed a new bar in Calgary and it was, it's called Canny Ball. And he like love is his baby. Like he just mm. really wanted me to photograph it. And I was like, okay, babe, just for you. I will. Just for you. <laughs> and so we photographed it from like one o'clock in the morning to like four in the morning. Jeez Louise. Yeah. All right. awake. I, yeah, it was a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I photographed it and I actually really enjoyed it and the firm loved it. So they actually wanted to take me on to do other ones. Uh-huh. And it was so far outside my comfort zone to be with a, like a commercial project with a totally. big architecture firm. I was like, whoa, like this is a big deal. This is totally freaky. I'm either going to go in and I'm going to botch it because I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm used to people. <laughs> I'm yeah. not really used to big restaurants and big commercial spaces. So I was terrified, but I did it and they loved it. And they loved the fact that I did it differently because I had no architectural background. And so I created my own niche within Calgary accidentally. I did not do it on purpose. I created my own niche. So now I'm the only person in that niche within Calgary. So I'm literally the go-to person for interior design and I love it. Yeah. Because, because it's my own style. And I just tried it. And, and I just tried it. From it. Yeah. So and this, this reminds and me of. Failed architecturally. Right. But I didn't because I created my own niche yes. in the process. Love that. This reminds me of, of course, we have to throw her in here because all of us are in the Spark Lounge. But this is like, Alex Beaton always has these nuggets that like get stuck in my head forever. Yes. Um, and she did one. It was a while ago now, but there's been a couple things she said throughout the years where I remember them. And she did one that said like, you know, if you're afraid to do something like the first of all, you don't need to like be the best at everything and like perfect. But she said you if you get asked to do something and you're not comfortable with it, you will rise to the occasion. Yes. So, so true. it's like, so for example, I styled a photo shoot today. So this is a good ah. example. It's like I've always styled all of my home flat lays for my own product photography, but I've never had someone ask me to do it for them. And it worked out great and they were happy. And so the same thing with you, Jamie, you had never done it before either, but you did it and people loved it. So I really think that that's the thing is like, if you trust yourself enough and you also have the idea in mind that you want to serve someone else and give them something that they're happy with and getting paid also helps you rise to the occasion. But I always really loved that quote because it's like, uh, I think it kind of eliminates fear. Yeah, it does. And what was really cool about it is that it really taught me something really valid was that, and it was something that I had to continually approach it with interior design because especially when I had new firms take me on and I saw their like already existing portfolio of images I'd be like, oh my gosh, like they're not the same style as me. I'm like, are they going to want me to mm-hmm. shoot that style? Cause it's mm-hmm. not my style. And so I, I literally get worried, but now I realize they're coming to me because of they my style, style and they want that. Yes. So I always have to remind myself of the expectations that are being set on. I feel like there's these external expectations that they have on me when I approach, when I arrive on location for whatever shoot. Mm-hmm. But the reality is I'm the professional 
They want my eye and that's why they're paying me. Mm -hmm. And so it's a reminder that, hey, I'm in charge. Yes. (laughs) This is my my thing. This is what I do. Mm -hmm. And this is why I'm here. And that's a beautiful thing. Yes. Um, So when someone approaches you and they ask you for, uh, asks you for your whatever service that you have, it's because they love what you do already mm-hmm. and they want you to recreate it for them. Yes. And we talked about that a little bit with Paige Schmidt last week because we talked about the fact that you can put out your product and show people, this is what I do. And yeah. they know that that mm-hmm. is what they're going to be getting, but in their, of their own firm or whatever, for yeah. their own firm. Yeah. Um, and we were, we were talking about it because she's a coach, so she can't yeah. There's no product for her to put out. She can only put out. I guess she yeah. puts out her story. She was saying her success stories. Mm-hmm. I thought that was super fascinating, but it's mm-hmm. so important for us to share our work and for you to put out, like, I guess, like, not authentic work, but yes, authentic. And the fact that you're like, here's like, it's not, these aren't just like the two images I've ever shot of something. Here's like a more abundant, like, here's what it actually would look like for me to go into your restaurant, take pictures of your restaurant. So they know yeah. that when they're hiring, that's what they're getting. That does yes. come though after you are like confident enough in your work and consistent because I remember there being a time when I knew I was like, I hope I do not F this up because I could F it up because I'm not that great yet. I'm still in the very beginning and I am so a fake it till you make it. Like that would have been such a great thing for you to have going into the architecture thing, which I'm sure that you had had, you know, but like having that, it's such a good mantra to have. Like like, I am here and I'm going to do the best that I can do. And like, this is so funny. It's something that Alex taught me when she was still doing photography a long time ago. She was like, you need to go out there. Like you are the best photographer in the world. And so like, I tell myself that often and now I don't have to as much because I'm just innately convinced that I'm great at what I do. But before (laughs) when I was not, um, I would have to literally like hype Mm -hmm. myself up. And Mm -hmm. for someone who struggles with confidence in like where I don't, Mm -hmm. that must be very difficult and it has to be so intentional. It does. And that was somebody like me, like early on. I didn't have the confidence yet. Mm -hmm. And I really compared myself because I'm such a knowledge junkie. Like I Mm -hmm. love information. And so I'm, I was so hyper aware of how far I had to go. And it was almost too overwhelming. I'm like, I don't have the skills yet. And so I had, it was, it's that self-compassion piece of being like, hello, you can't be where you aren't yet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. That makes sense. That was terrible English. You can't be where you aren't yet. (laughs) (laughs) Like like be where your feet are. And that's like a big yoga teaching. Like be where your feet are. And that's like, I'm here right now and I can't change that. I am. I am as good as I am right now, and the more experiences I take on will make me better. I always told Len, and I felt bad for, like, every year, I'm t- I feel bad for my wedding clients because I'm like, the next year, clients are going to get better. better. Yes. <laughs> I think about that a lot, too. I even yeah. tell clients who book me really early, yeah. and I'm like, just wait. You think I'm good now. Yeah. I'll just be wait. I'm going to be so much better. Yeah. Like, the, the three years. Exactly. Um, there is a really great verse. I'm trying to Google without, like, typing too hard yeah. um, about the beginnings, and it says something like, like God, like oh, grace is in the beginnings for that. Hold on, let me. While you're looking, I was going to say too, I think also, especially when you're talking about like going to shoot a restaurant or like a large space and you were like, I'm in charge here. Like I'm the professional. Something yeah. for me, like physically or spatially, it's almost like when you enter someone else's realm and it's like something big that can also make me feel, I know like less confident because like, <laughs> yes, I am the professional and I'm here to like show up and do my work. But I yeah. also need to be aware of like, but you like own all of this, you know what I mean? So yes. like, as if I paint in someone else's home, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I want to show up and do really well and create my work here. But I also am like very aware that like this is your space or like this is something bigger than me. So that kind of like can play with your confidence too. I think maybe that's because I'm very like spatially aware. I'm not sure. 
-hmm. I think what, what it is for me, like, is I, I'm totally aware of that too, especially when I go into like a giant restaurant and there's staff there and there's management and I have to deal with all these different kinds of people. Mm -hmm. And what it is, is I call it setting expectations. So it's making sure that before I even step into that space, I'm like, I want to make sure everyone involved is having the best experience possible. Mm. So that means I'm making sure that when I work with a firm, I'm like, okay, talk to your client who's usually like the owner. The client who's not even there. Yeah, the client's never there because it's usually the owner, the big kahuna, right? Mm -hmm. Who does everything. And then you have like the GM and then you have the staff, right? So sometimes the owners won't even tell the GM and then we show up and it's like, the staff's like, oh my gosh, like, what are we doing? Right. Which is awful. So I always say like set expectations, like let the owner know, make sure they follow up with the GM and make sure that the staff knows. So if there's like a supervisor there, they should know and then let everybody know what you need. So if I'm doing a restaurant, I'm like, I need stemware. I mean, I need to make sure that that bar is fully stocked in that they did the weighing of the alcohol the night before so that I don't have somebody weighing mm. alcohol in the bar while I'm there. I'm like, I'm like, you're going to hate me if I'm like, dude, you can't weigh your alcohol right now. Like it has mm -hmm. to be perfect for these photos. And like everybody wants nice photos, period. So it's about right. making sure expectations are set so that everybody, the staff, GM, me, my client are all happy. And it's about having that foresight of being like, okay, like this is what's going to have to happen yeah. <laughs> to make sure everything goes smoothly. And I always uh, preset it with my client. I'm like, if we do this correctly, that means I can get in there quicker, do my job really, really well, and mm. get out and save you money. Because the longer we take, the more expensive it will be. Right. <laughs> so, Good point. Like, do you, like, you want me in and you want me out. Do you have a variable time rate? Yeah. Interesting. I'm a, I'm a rate per hour person. So um, it, it just really encourages them to be a little bit more um, together and organized. Yes. I see that. I yeah. see that. That makes a lot of yeah. sense. Yeah. But then is your... I don't want to spend then... a half day in there. I don't. Like, I want to get in and I want to get out because I'm a busy lady. So yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Okay. So then is your overhead and, like, all the time that you're spending communicating with them in the back end and then all your editing, is that factored into your variable time? Rate? It is. Okay. Only with firms, though, because I can't do, like, a proof gallery with firms and get them to do selections because there's so many designers and mm -hmm. hello, designers. Come on. Like, mm -hmm. they're very opinionated. Yes. And they all have different visual eyes. And so it would take way too long to make selections. So it's literally like kind of like a base rate. And then it gets like everything kind of evolves All and changes. Stuff, yeah. So a smaller space will be cheaper. Right. Right. Than a bigger space. So it's by like square footage. Like a bigger square footage is going to equal more time. So it's going to be more expensive. Huh. But there will also be way more photos because right. there's more so, space. Yeah. That makes sense. So it shifts and changes. Yes. And I don't cap the photos because one, I believe, especially with them, like they're going to take forever and they're not going to want to pay extra usually. So I just like, I cap it. And, um, cause it's just like, they're, they're going, like they have a million projects on the go. They're not going to sit there. So I like that what you're saying and that you are structuring, like how, what you're providing to mm -hmm. the client based on how you know that they're like, yeah. you are putting yourself in the shoes of your client, which is yes. huge. And yeah. isn't something that you couldn't do because you've never been the owner of an architecture firm or no. a restaurant. No bar thing yeah so that's a huge thing that you have to do and that I'm sure I was also like literally writing notes while you're talking so like make sure that I bring up all of these things but like you were saying in the beginning you did this one shoot and the reason that you were able to continue forth with it is because you were being referred which means like that you put all of your work into that yeah. and that's like such a local thing of course it happens online as well yeah. but 
when you're when you're a local business as you are as a photographer and a service provider yeah. it is so important to know that like everyone is going to be talking regardless of how the experience is and yes, so you want to make everyone. sure that they're talking good yeah. You know, and if they're not talking, then like it's not good enough. No. And so they did talk about you, which is amazing. They did. And every experience with all of them. And it's so interesting. I literally got an engagement client, well, a wedding client from one of the shoots that I did for McKinley Burkhart, which is the architecture firm. I shot a retail space for them and I left them my cards because I just fell in love with the manager. She was just so nice. I'm like, can I just give you my cards because I just love you? And she was like, yeah. So I gave her my cards and she set them out in the oh, store, so nice. which was so nice. And I got a wedding client from that. That's amazing. See, that is all about so like the local connections that yeah. like, that you just have to like reach out. You have to say like, here, I have my cards because yeah. I feel like we have a connection and that could go somewhere. Yeah. There was you know? no expectation. I did no. not expect her to do that. I just no. thought she was super rad. Yeah. And that's so great. That's yeah. like an authentic connection that you want to be able to like utilize. Okay. So earlier I was saying there was a Bible verse and it is, do not despise these small beginnings. The Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that a ton when I was starting my business because I'm like, yeah. oh, I just want to like be somewhere yeah. and do something. And um, but that happened kind of a little bit more into it than not the right beginning because I'm really good at just being like, I'm just going to do this thing. And I kind of don't really realize I'm doing it until later. And then I'm like, oh, I just started yes. a blog. I forgot to pay attention to numbers and growing my blog. Yeah. Or I forgot to pay attention to how people are receiving my images. And you just like, do things because you love it and it's so good. I want to tell everyone, start doing your thing and ignore everybody. Exactly. <laughs> plant the seeds, right? Like you were yes. saying before, like planting the seeds and watching them grow. Yes. And you'll be so surprised by just like, even like the smallest action, like for instance, giving my business card to her, mm-hmm. the smallest of actions can reap such great rewards and you don't even realize it. Yes. Completely. And that's like very similar to our dropping hints about your business episode. And like, even though giving her the cards isn't a hint, it is like the smallest action of just like showing up and being willing to confidently promote yourself. Absolutely. In an authentic way, because she felt she had a connection with this manager. And like, that is so like, mm, not relevant. Um, What is the word? Sorry, John is texting us and it's popping up on my screen and it's like, photo shoot's a big hit. All my friends commenting on it. Um, But it's like, it's not something that only happen, can only happen locally, but it is such a richer experience when those things happen locally, when you can connect with somebody and not in a business way or in a business way, I guess, and then and then feed your business into that relationship. It's so beautiful to see how that comes, like how much more naturally it comes, how much more beautifully it comes when you are coming from like an authentic connection, yeah. which I love. And people can smell inauthenticity, I feel like. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. 100%. Like I know. Uh, I'll know instantly. Totally. So like I, online and in person. Yeah. You know, you can see it when you read something and, you know, we talk mm-hmm. about this a lot. Like don't blog about something you don't want to blog about. No. You know, just don't do it. No. And you want your clients to know who you are because yes. – they don't know who you truly are. Like you don't know if you actually want to work with them. And that's so important, especially in our, like in what we do, because we don't want to spend a couple of hours with a person who doesn't like us. Like they're not, yeah. gonna, they're not going to enjoy the photo no. shoot. I'm not going to enjoy right. the photo shoot. So exactly. like, you want, you want the best experience for everyone involved. And that's like, like my go-to motto for every client that I work with. It doesn't matter if it's a firm, it doesn't matter if it's, um, like an engagement or even mm-hmm. like if it's just headshots, I want everyone to have the best experience possible Totally, because it means I'm going to get the best photos. Yes. And it also means that I'm going to have a good time while doing it yes. and they're going to have a good time doing it. It's just like, 
super great. It's super great. I've yeah. t- yes, I've said this before where I've had experiences with two back-to-back clients, one who had been following me for a long time and another another who had not, mm-hmm. and the experience was just so different, and your mm-hmm. work is better when you connect with clients. Like, that's yes. why, like, I remember when I first started blogging, and I got a lot of flack about, like, oh, but blogging isn't photography, and I remember, like, being really sensitive to that, and, like, people being like, you're not working, like, you're blogging, and then realizing, oh, like, man. how much, yeah, that fire me up. Um, <laughs> that fire me up too. Yeah. Um, how much blogging affects my end product, it does. like seemingly indirectly, oh, but yeah. then when you're like, you're done through, it's like you're connecting more with your clients. Like you that are. makes the difference That's for sure. That's a huge difference. I actually just had a client email me while traveling. I think it was in Arizona when I got it, um, of this one girl who's been following my Instagram for so long and she's a bride and she's looking for her wedding photographer. She's like, I read all of your blog posts. She's like, I feel like we're, we could be like best friends. I love your work. I really hope you have my date free. That's <laughs> like, so cute. I'm like, I hope I have my date free for you too because I already love you. Because we were already connected. This is awesome. That. Yeah. That's so great. That's yeah. So great. And you know what? If she did, like if we, like that happens and I'm hired, I know that day is going to be amazing. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Already. It's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy where it's a trust like, thing too. Totally. Like she's going to trust me because she already seen my work. She already yeah. likes me. It's going to be. No okay. like and trust factor, baby. Yep. That's a real thing. Real thing. Thanks, Alex. That KLT. Yeah. We know all that because of Alex. So you are like me in that mm-hmm. you, your business is primarily a facer business Yeah. because you cannot photograph somebody without being there. Right. Mm-hmm. So you can't be online. But would you consider yourself more of a facer or a spacer? It's funny. I actually feel like I'm more of a spacer uh-huh. than a facer. I thought that might be your answer. I don't know why. I don't know why either. I just, I guess because my online presence is really strong mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I've worked really hard on that and people feel very connected with me online. So yes. I feel like that's why I would say I'm more of a spacer, even though all my work is done face to face. Face to face, yes. So then but, you're like a yeah. crossover. I am a crossover. Yes. A crossover for sure. Because it's important to have both. Yes, <laughs> so. it really is. So what would your business look like if you did not have your online presence? Or if you didn't, like, you can you can take that question within degrees. Like, if you didn't have a blog or if you didn't, you know, put so much work into it, if you just had a website or whatever, how do you think that would change your business? I think, so I feel like my screening process would be <laughs> very different because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm super, super duper passionate about making sure that you're working with the right people. I will clearly tell somebody when I meet them, I'm like, we're not a fit. And I feel confident in that because I, I would really hate to show up and do a wedding and have someone disappointed and feel like they didn't get what they want wanted. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I can't give you something I don't have. And right. so it's really clear to me that I'm doing someone a disservice if I'm taking something just for the money and right. not come, not giving them what they're looking for. Right. And so mm-hmm. I feel like it's in everyone's best interest to make sure that you do have that connection and that's why I don't book anything without a consult first because I want to make sure that we are the best for it for each other, period. When and that's for been, each other. It's yes. not just one-sided. It's both, both of us. Yeah. When has been a situation where you're like, why? what makes you think you are not a fit with someone? Uh, connection. Like even if I, if I feel like we're really lighting in connection, we don't, we can't really generate conversation. Okay. I know instantly that the photo shoot will be a lot harder Yes. and I can't draw people out right. when I don't have a connection. Right. When you have a connection with someone, it's a lot easier to draw them out of their shell, mm-hmm. um, than as opposed to someone that you don't have one with. Right. Um, I love that you said this because I've had an experience like this. And like you said, you don't want to give someone that they're not happy with, which yeah. makes you in turn feel guilty for having had them pay you for it. Yes. So I've actually had experience in the past where 
this happened and I was, you know, I was partly to blame for not identifying in the beginning that it wasn't a good fit. And then once we got through the process, we didn't get all the way through it, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to refund your money. I am not the person to do this for you. And I think we should move on. And even with all of that, the client still felt disappointed because they were like aiming to have that end product. And at that point I'm like, there's nothing I can do. And it's like, if we go further, you're going to be more unhappy and I'm just not the right person to do this for you. So it's frustrating. So it's better to not even get down that path. Like, even though they didn't like end up pissed off at me or think that I like screwed them, like they obviously got their money back. It's just like a, it's way better to like set those standards and those boundaries in the beginning. And yeah. those standards are set via your online presence a lot. And we talked about this with, I feel like I refer to other interviews all the time, but I feel like there's just so much crossover, you know, with them and yeah. so much like corroborating evidence. But I asked the same question to Paige from Healthy the Spot last week. And she was like, it would be so difficult for her to have to like consult with every health coaching client. Like the screening process would just be so heavy and you're so right. And it it would be, it's so hard for people like to wouldn't, if for me, if I'm the same thing, people wouldn't know me and it would just be so weird for them to like come up and then be like, oh my God, I have no clue. I have no expectation of who you are as a person. And like maybe they had seen our work but didn't know who we were as people and it would just be the most confusing thing, I feel like. And that would just be horrible. It would be horrible. And that's why I think blogging is so important and Mm -hmm. putting out content that is super important. And I think that those personal blog posts, as much as people like to shy away from them, I feel like in business it's so key because – the whole reason why social media works is because people are so dying to know what it's like to be somebody else yes. and to see what their life is like behind the yes. scenes. That's why Snapchat's Preach. so popular, Instagram. That's why they love it. So mm-hmm. for us to give them the easy route to understand to of who we are, mm-hmm. we're doing them a service and we're doing our own You're service welcome. That's well. what I tell people. You're welcome You're for welcome showing you my, my life. Yeah. Yes. And we have an entire episode about this actually a couple weeks ago. We talked about getting personal with your personal yes. brand and how important that is. And we've come across experiences where like I recently found a photographer and I was looking at her blog and her like most personal post was like how to get a um, photo shoot, what was it called? Um, permit. Or like how to get a location permit. And I was like, oh. boring. And I'm a photographer. Yeah. So that's something like, that you I can Google that. Yeah, whatever. Exactly what I said. I didn't need to have this yeah. on your your blog. No. And um so and I, I go deep on my blog. Like I got I had like a real and raw kind of blog series going on. So I'm like, if you didn't want to read the mushy gushy, like stream streamline right. consciousness stuff, you don't have to. I don't. But it's there if you're interested. Yeah, and I'm I love interested that. in people who can have those conversations. Yes. And so when other people see that, like my dream client loves that as well and yeah. so when okay. my dream client sees that they're like yes this is my person this is my person yeah love her work too so this yes. is perfect <laughs> i want you guys to know as my audience who um this is a one-way conversation but you guys just me having this conversation helps me so much be like i need to be blogging <laughs> right yeah. like i yeah. am so like touch and go with my blog like i spoke so good about earlier because i really wanted to feel authentic but i'm also kind of being a hypocrite in that because i'm not giving myself the space to utilize that authenticity and the creative that the creative juices I guess because I'm not showing up to be like all right if I felt like blogging now would be the time to do it and that's something that's so important and so this is something totally off topic um you know this is not specifically related to you but um but I 
if anyone is listening to everything that I say about blogging and how important it is, and then is going to my blog and being like, that's funny because homegirl hasn't blogged in like a month and a half. Yeah. Um, I hear you. And I, that's so true. And like the struggle is real. real. <laughs> it is a real thing because like you get so caught up and there's always the ebb and flow. We talked about this a lot in the very beginning, the first couple episodes yeah. that sometimes you are like a heavy facer and sometimes you are a heavy spacer. And mm-hmm. I like definitely fluctuate a ton. Totally. I feel like trust the process though. Yes. Very trust true. The process. Very true. Because I don't know. I truly believe that everything always works out the way it's supposed to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I just have like a higher faith of that. Right. And um, even if like right now as I'm traveling, I thought I'd be blogging more, but I haven't been. Mm-hmm. Um, I do realize that it's all going to work out. <laughs> Anyways, it's I'm going to be blogging be okay. eventually. So yes. it's all good. So true. Yeah. But I do think keeping yourself accountable is essential. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm in Canada, I usually blog every Wednesday morning and I go for coffee and I sit myself. And it's so good because since I have my home office, I need to get out more. Yeah. Uh, photographers, it can be a very lonely mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't get out. So yes. you have to like leave your house. And that's like a huge thing for me. Um, especially because I'm such, I'm an extroverted introvert. I love to be by myself a lot, but <laughs> I have a very extroverted personality. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so easy for me to get sucked into being home and never leave. That's how pages. It's so mm-hmm. easy. And so And I have felt I have felt guilty about it in the like especially like making the podcast and being someone who encourages the local stuff. But yeah. like I have to really fight myself now to not feel guilty about it because I really love it. And like yeah. I don't know, it's actually kinda of funny. I went to my friend's studio yesterday who's an artist and he is like kind of a reserved guy I mean he's very like friendly with me but he is definitely not gonna like just like let's go get coffee kind of person or like let me make a podcast or like let me make a video like I've never seen a picture of his studio anywhere like I've only seen a picture of his work and I looked at him and I was like you are not a facer at all but I love it because you are so focused on what you're doing and so there are times where I'm like I need to not feel guilty about being on my own and so I'm with you on that boat like, yes. I think it's okay to be head over heels absorbed in what you're doing. Yeah. Yes. And you have the awareness of it. And I think that's really important mm-hmm. because you can be like, okay, Paige, I'm going to, I'm going to set out a time this week that I'm actually leaving my house. Yes. Like I have to, I have to do that. Yes. Otherwise it's so easy for me to just mm-hmm. not go anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my dog helps me because she like, yeah, she's She's a high energy dog, so she has to go out. So she uh, draws me out of the house a lot more often. I'm like the opposite. I wouldn't, I definitely like need my downtime, my alone time. I call it my stare at a wall time. And (laughs) so like I can under, I can see like the introvert in that. But like I have, (laughs) I can't get over that because I just imagine you literally. I just like, because I don't need to sleep, but I just need to like sit in quiet and not do anything. And like, I get that from like when I was a nanny and I'm like, I need no kids around. I need to be by myself. Um, but I have like very low stamina for being by myself for a long period of time. I'm like, I need some social life. Cause I get like very, totally top as a lot. Like I get very like, Oh my God, I'm not balancing my life correctly. I need more of a social life. Like what are my friends doing? You know? And so I get like, I have to get out and see a bunch of people. That's so Um, fascinating being on the opposite scale of that. Yes. Weird. That, that seems Weird. so bizarre. Totally. Yeah, me too. I'm like, oh, this is a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine being that like, oh, like, exhausting. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I should get the house today. I would never say that. Yeah. I also really like, back to the blogging thing. Sorry, Paige, go, go Oh, I have something to go back to the blogging thing. Okay, too. yes. So oh, I was thinking about how you said every Wednesday morning. So do you set expectations like I have to put out a blog post? No. Or like, if you go and you're not, you're like, no. No, I, I, I'm, I'm such a sensitive person. <laughs> I'm so sensitive. I'm so sensitive. Um, um, I, I know myself enough that if I quit too much pressure on myself, I clam up and I can't write. Yeah. And so I, 
I used to have a blog before and I, I literally would write three times a week and it was really successful. And it was because I really allowed it to be organic. Mm-hmm. And since I know that about myself and I started reblogging, um, I have given myself that permission that I'm like, James, if it's not organic, it's all Don't good. It. Yeah. It's, it's, all, like, it's, it's all, all good. good. It's all good. Like okay. I'll even, I have drafts in my blog that I'm like, that sounds terrible, but you know what? I did it and that's all that matters. So I'll even just like write something. And if it doesn't, if it sounds flat, it doesn't sound like me. I'm just like, okay, it's just not in the flow today. And that's okay. Yeah. But I, I got it done. I don't have to share it. And I can always go back and on a day where I'm in the flow and yeah. I'm feeling passionate and I can draw back on the old draft and I can start to put in my other stuff and edit it. And that way it's like half the process is already done. Um, but of course there's also days where it, I'm already in the flow and right. it just comes out like magic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love those days. I was going to say back on blogging also that you said like, I didn't get to vlog as much as I thought I would, but you were being a facer. So like for a few examples, like you shot both Asia and I, so yeah. we shared those photos out of your work. So that's like basically a mini blog post of like someone else kind of doing the effort for you. And then you are sitting yeah. here recording the podcast too. Yeah. You're, you're, you're literally making content right now that we'll get yeah. shared a few weeks down the road. So it's going to extend. So it's like, you were making those in-person connections when you could have been blogging like in your hotel room. Yes, exactly. You could have been blogging to make the same connection that you're making right now face-to-face. Yeah, and this is actually like so new to me. Like I'm, since I'm such an introvert, I was so nervous. I'm like staying with people and just like not staying somewhere by myself. But I literally made that conscious effort being like, Jamie, just ask to stay with people and do something different because that's a comfort zone of myself. Mm-hmm. And I promised myself that I was going to do something different. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that I did. And you're, you made such a valid point page about that. I'm being more of a facer now. Yes. And it's so important because I do want to be able to do international work. And I didn't know for sure if that's what I wanted okay. because I'm such a homebody. And I told Landon before I left, I'm like, this will determine whether I take international clients. Cause I've had people ask me, but I was like, mm, I don't know. Cause I've never really traveled. It's too intimidating. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to like really mess it up. And so I was like, you know what? Spontaneous trip. Let's do it. Do let's it. figure this out. Can I travel? Do I even want to travel? Yeah. And I think now that I know I like traveling and I want to travel and being able to work in California and doing the Arizona, I'm planting the seeds. Yes. And who knows where it'll take me. Maybe I don't have any clients in Arizona, but maybe I will. Who knows right. about that? And I just knowing that I've done that is pretty yeah, freaking cool. It's very oh cool. Oh Let yes. me just say you and Landon need to go to Copenhagen to shoot because I have so many reasons. One, <laughs> you would love Copenhagen yeah. as a city. Uh, two, the lighting would be great for the kind of shoots you do. Three, I'm convinced Landon is a Dane in disguise. <laughs> I'm just and f- so four, you guys would blend in like nobody's business. It would yes. be so cool. I just feel like you really need to go there. That's where your international shoot should be. So cool. I would love to go to Copenhagen. Uh, Landon's sister married a Swede, and so we want to go over there mm-hmm. anyways. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I feel like we'll just do a bit of yes, ring around, and I think it would be yeah. super cool. Well, I don't mean to like totally freak out and get really serious, but I've been thinking like who I want to shoot my wedding. And as you know, as a wedding photographer, that this is like really important. I was like, I would either have Jasmine Starr or Jamie Hyatt. What? That is such an honor. You oh don't my even God, know. That blew my mind. Well, yeah. You just put me on the same line as Jasmine Starr. And I'm like, what? this is where we are at life right now. And like, I what? literally could not have 
like oh my god I, no one else it's not like oh it's because i know jamie it's like i would not have anyone else and i was like hey this is gonna tell if she's gonna be able to be my wedding photographer what? so good thing you want to travel internationally because as you know we're gonna do a destination wedding what? so you're what? gonna be my wedding photographer you're doing a destination wedding where what's that i really want to get married in chica Terra. <gasps> oh yeah i forgot that yes 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 oh my I gosh i want to have a whole other separate conversation <laughs> with you about this because like do you have any kind of hang up of like oh not everyone can come saying okay let's have a mini conversation about it really quickly you can choose to take it out or keep it in um <laughs> whatever you're you're up to your discretion um so i'll be appropriate but my heart is racing oh my I'm god so like, this what? is a big deal yeah we didn't give jamie time to process this i apologize I, i'll like... tell this story i've been like prepping i've been like okay so jamie's gonna come if we if i like how she shoots and you know what i mean like then this is a, because i wouldn't want anyone else to shoot my wedding oh like my god. i really I already knew this yeah <laughs> so i'm like oh like, this is kind of a big deal i want to share this with you that i I'm thinking about proposing to Jamie. <laughs> I wanted to tell you that. Um, yeah, Asia's okay. over here not engaged yet. Yeah. I, mean, oh, I, should, the- I didn't mean that in a mean way. I just meant like it'll happen one day. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I definitely have the wedding or like the wedding photographer planned beforehand. I also know who my stylist will be. Like I have every, not that I have everything planned. I'm not totally weird, but I just am very connected to my people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. my people are Your very tribe. important. Yeah. Yes, I got my tribe and they will be my there. My wedding tribe. Yes, it's not like, hmm, I wonder who my bridesmaids will be. Like obviously people know that and that's how I feel about my photographer and my stylist. Yeah. Um, so cool. yeah, we definitely, we don't want to get married in slow because we don't want to have a very huge wedding because it's really important us to like use our finances wisely as in like, not spend them on one day but spend them on an experience and we just being seeing how weddings can be so stressful on brides it's so hard to be like I want that really bad you know like even though everyone is like that was so great I do a lot of times be like I wish I was more present I was very stressed out like I kind of blacked out like I don't really know what happened I was so tired like blah blah blah. and I'm like that sounds horrible for 50 grand and so we really want to like travel and, and I say we and which is funny you'd think that I would have thought of this idea and it was actually John's idea <laughs> which is hilarious um and then I was like I'd love to get married in Chica Terra because it's just so beautiful and I would love those photos and um Jamie sent us a questionnaire for our couples photo that we did and the last question was what are you looking forward to most on your wedding day and I was like the photos <laughs> like, obviously and they would be so amazing in Chica Terra I told so, you I'm like I would like to have five photographers there and three videographers like yes. I would like that thing documented in eight different styles heavily <laughs> I love it I oh, love yeah. it that so, is the best answer ever yes. yeah so I think it would just be amazing and beautiful so um, this is kind of my goal I, uh, I know I just googled it it's incredible yes have you oh my god picture up on my wall I was wondering from. Yeah. yeah so I really something that we really wanted you on the show to talk about is putting yourself in client shoes we touched on a little bit talking about um you know the architecture owners which you've never been an architecture firm owner yep. um and you've also never been a bride but you're no. so good at putting yourself in the shoes of your client and I also want to talk about this because yesterday you photographed me and for me that is something that I've, I'm not usually that person. So I had to be in the shoes and then I was in the shoes. I was that person. And then how your experience is being photographed by somebody else. So let's talk a little bit about that, how you put yourself in the shoes of your client. Two ways. So there's certain circumstances where I can actually put myself in that perspective because I feel like this is kind of like drawing back into doing boudoir. I mostly do boudoir for my wedding clients, but I'll do it for other clients as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I said I would never do 
boudoir until I experienced how vulnerable it was because I know it would be super vulnerable mm -hmm. and I wanted to understand the perspective of my clients so I could better serve them when I was doing this session. And so I did a boudoir session for myself before I even allowed oh. myself to actually do photography. And when I had that experience, it literally blew my mind. <laughs> I was like, there is so much to learn from just being a part of something. And so when, as a photographer, being on the other side of the lens in different circumstances, like I've done a couple shoot now, so I understand how that felt. I've done the boudoir. Um, I've also done portraits. So I've had those experiences. I've never been a bride, so that's a little bit different. We have had but, a couple shoot with Landon. Yeah, we've yeah. had a couple sessions with, with Landon. So that was, that was really, really good. And so I truly believe that if you're going to sell like a service or do something, I feel like you should put your, you should literally put yourself in the shoes yeah. so you can get the perspective. You should be the client. That you should be the client at some point because you will learn so much yes. about what they're experiencing, not only emotionally, physically, the questions that they're going to have. Yes. Um, like how they're going to feel about prep. Um, just like, so you can anticipate what they're going through right. so that you can better serve them. And if you can serve them in such a great way that you're already knowing what's going through their head, they're like, whoa, mm -hmm. you are awesome. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do. Like I, with like my engagement clients, I'm like, okay, let's talk wardrobe. Let's talk makeup. Let's talk yeah. um, what you're going to do to prep the couple of days beforehand. Let's talk weather. Let's talk location. And I go through absolutely every little detail um, before we even shoot. Yeah. And so they have already an idea of what to expect as well, right. which is really, really nice. Right. And I, that's setting expectations. That's something I really, really believe in. Yes. Um, I want to pause with you there because yeah. she, as I say this a million times already, did the photos, me and John yesterday. And one of the things that I learned by being in those shoes, because I've taken photos with myself from another photographer, of myself with another photographer who's a good friend of mine, but this is the first time taking like photos where I'm like not in control at all. I had no vision. I made sure that was not the case because I really wanted to be just the client there. Yeah. And I remember telling Jamie, like, okay, make sure you don't get this side or like these things because yeah. I don't like that of myself. Yeah. And when my clients tell that to me, I, not that I'm offended, but I'm always like, it's, it sounds to me like they don't trust me mm -hmm. and that they're like, oh my gosh, she's going to like photograph me horribly and she wants to make me look bad and blah, blah. And that's not how I was feeling toward Jamie when I told her those things. Yeah. And so it made me realize like how my clients are feeling when they're telling me those things. You know what I mean? So it's more so like any photo that gets taken of me, I'm not going to like it if this part of me is in it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like I don't I, care how good you make it look like it's the mental part of it. Yes. Exactly. Yes. I call them pain points. And I usually talk that over with my clients. Like I, the one thing, like I usually ask them, like, do you have a preferred side of your face? Yes. Cause I have, one. I have one big so, time. Literally. So like, I was like, don't I only like my left. I don't like my right. So, yes. um, it doesn't matter. Like we can go into self-love and stuff like that. That's a whole other thing, but I think it's just really important to make them feel good. And, and because if I see someone go to my right, I'm already feeling a little bit insecure. Oh, I'm, like, I'm like, I don't like my right side. Yeah. So please go back to the left. Yes. yes. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I think that's really, really important for sure. And then, so with like my wedding clients or like even like architectural with like the consultations of before I even like even sign somebody on, uh, through the consultations, uh, for putting myself into their shoes, it's just listening to their stories so that I can relate with them and show that I have empathy towards them and towards yes. what they're going through. And I can also learn so much in the process. So when I listen to my brides talking to me, I'll ask them about how like, 
um, how choosing vendors is going or like how's it going with booking like a hair and makeup artist mm -hmm. and I'll listen to those problems but, and then what I'll do is I'll usually write them down and I'll even use that as content so I'll be like okay I'm going to do a feature with a makeup artist and I'm going to touch on these things because mm -hmm. I know my brides are looking for that but I would never know that because I can't just put myself in the position of brides but what I can do is I can put myself into situations locally where I'm I'm getting the same experience as a bride. So going to a wedding fair and experiencing yes. what that's like, how yes. overwhelming it is mm -hmm. to be having all the vendors all around you, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like stuff like that. Yeah. But it's also about uh, being intentional with your content and being like, okay, well, this is my dream client, so I'm going to put this out there and I want a bride that's very much like this. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like two ways. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're coming from both angles. Both I angles. had that experience where I like, tried to put myself in the shoes without being able to when I was looking for one of my good friends wedding photographer I'm going to be in her wedding so I can't shoot it mm -hmm. and she doesn't live in slow she lives um, in Sacramento and so I all I had was the Google and the internet to look and yeah. it was so difficult to find a photographer just using Google yeah. and like that fits all the criteria and it made me so grateful that I make it easy for people to find me yeah. and it made me just like I'm so happy that I tell people what I do yeah. and that like I make my online presence like abundant so that it's not hard to find like so that my person who wants to find me without knowing me can find me easily yeah. and and because it was so difficult and I didn't know how hard it was to find a photographer. It was yeah. so hard. That's what's so important about like SEO and like any kind of optimization and making sure that the right people can find you. Yes. Um, and that's a blend of, I guess, like space and face, right? Totally. Because Absolutely. Like, word of mouth is one of like the two biggest things for me, like how I get my clients is word of mouth and Instagram. Those are the two biggest. Mm. Like a hundred percent space to face. There. Yep. Yeah. That is so yeah. cool. That's all, and my client, that's all my clients are too. Yeah. yeah, it's cool to know that, like, when you find out, like, how they found you. Yeah. Um, I was actually just saying this to Paige. I, I didn't expect, like, those little seeds being planted when I was doing interior design photography. I had no idea that this would happen, that a lot of my interior design clients would actually recommend me for weddings as well. Oh. And even designers hiring me to do their weddings. So I'm doing one of the designers from McKinley Burger, I'm doing their wedding next That's year. That's so cool. And I'm doing another, like, friend of hers who works for another interior design mm -hmm. firm, I'm doing her wedding. But I also get hired at those firms to do interior design. So it's this really cool crossover yes. that I had no intention of doing. Right. But it's been so cool. And what's so great is that I know interior designers have good taste. So I get really excited that they hire me because yeah. I know their space is going to be amazing to photograph in. And oh, that's, that's so, so funny. Fun. Yeah, so yeah. true. That's so and true. I told, and I had told you too, like it makes a lot of sense to me because design people are picky. And so if they're already saying good work from a photographer in one realm, they're going to assume the same thing in the other. And it's going to also be stylish. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they know, they know my eye architecturally. So they start to see the crossover into my wedding clients, which right. I didn't anticipate either, which is so funny. When I started photographing, like Landon even started to notice, it's like you're drawing things from what you do from your interior design shoots and you're starting to do them now and integrate them in with your wedding clients. And I didn't even do it on purpose. It just mm -hmm. happened. <laughs> I was like, oh, mm -hmm. he's like, I see what you're doing through lines here. I see this part. And that was really cool. cool. Yeah. It's just an evolution of the two different styles combining together. And that's just the consistency of what my brand is and what people can expect. Yes. Yeah. yeah. One thing to say, uh, like if you struggle with empathy and you really struggle with putting yourself into someone's shoes and that's really hard for you, I just recommend two things. It's one, either just literally experiencing the same thing. So like Paige, for you, 
like experiencing and purchasing an art piece or doing a collaboration with another artist, like I would encourage that so you can understand what it's like to be in your client's shoes. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with me, like me putting myself in a position of boudoir or me putting in the position of having a couple session mm -hmm. and learning by doing, especially yes. I feel like that's so important. But if you don't have the chance to do that, especially like online, I feel like like visualization, meditation is really, really important to do that. Mm -hmm. Or even just like asking questions yes. and asking people for help and being like, hey, like, I'm not a bride. What are you struggling with? Like yeah. what, what's like the big questions and not being afraid to reach out to your clients and your community. And I think they'd be so appreciative to have that open line of communication and they'd feel so much more stronger to, uh, to you because you're actually super interested in knowing to better yes. help them. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really I'm really glad you said that. I actually commissioned my friend who's an artist to do Jake's Valentine's gift. So that's why I was in his studio yesterday and I picked it up. So that was kind of cool to like see how he handles his process along the way and then like um going to pick it up and everything. So yeah, being in yeah. those shoes too. And like especially I I agree too. It's, it's a good example of like Asia hiring you to do a photo of her and John. It's like if she, if you're gonna talk, if I'm gonna talk about how valuable it is and special to have art in your home that is commissioned, or if you're gonna talk about how valuable a photo shoot is for making memories, it's like you gotta put your money where your mouth is and hire those people to do those things. And it's gonna be, I think it will be really special too. And like, I'm yeah. Just now because I could talk about that for years and I forgot because people ask me a lot why I take why I have so many photos of myself on my blog and like there's so many reasons one of them because I think I'm Beyonce but aside from <laughs> that it's because I want to know how it feels to have your picture put everywhere to like be on the other side of the camera but it's not an authentic experience because I'm controlling the vision yeah. but I I'm, up until this point I always thought that that would be my answer because I want to know what it feels like to be in front of the lens because it's it's hard for people sometimes and it was yes. in the beginning and then I kind of forgot that to be honest because I'm so used to it now um but so being out of the control seat you're like this yes, is different now it's different yeah, yeah. so yeah. Not, like there's kind of two steps to it like being in front of the lens is one thing and then being in front of the lens without control is a whole yeah. other um but it definitely has helped me and even just all the little processes that go because there's so many things that you can do differently um that when I'm not in control I I don't have control of so that I'm learning about and it's really great to learn all those things so mm -hmm. um, I also think that you appreciate it more and when you, I, I think it's really beautiful to have those community collaborations and putting your money into the community being like, I value your work because yes. I value my work. And I think that's really important too. So being able to, for instance, like one of my second shooters, she did my portraits because I wanted, she's still like learning to build the confidence with charging. And I was like, and she undervalued herself. So I actually paid her more. Cause I'm like, mm -hmm. no, Definitely. I'm like, you just gave me so much so many photos. Yeah. You cannot charge that much. Like that's ridiculous. I'm giving you more money yeah. because that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I felt so great about that because I'm like, I want to be valued and I value you. And yes. so I think it's so important for photographers to do that for each other. I mean, like in whatever way, shape or form that you do it mm -hmm. and just like really let the community know, I appreciate you. You appreciate me. Let's do this. Yes. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. really yeah, totally setting conversation light. I love yeah. that. That's great. Well, Jamie, I'm so glad that we got to do this. <laughs> Me too. It's like this whole thing, you know, so this amazing. has been such a great experience, like all the way around. And I'm just happy that you got to be on the show. It Me finally too. feels like a culmination of so many months. Like how long have we all been like, you know, online? I think, I think almost a year now, at least. Yeah. I think it was like March or April or yeah. something. So yeah. It's like nice little culmination like it not is. to the ending I feel like there's so much more to come from this little trio right here yes. so I'm really excited so thank you so much me for being too. on the show thank and you so much insights. for having me it's super cool because I am a space to facer and I listen to the podcast so I'm like yes. this is so cool I, I, yeah. I love that I'm so happy yeah. perfect 
So could you let us know how our listeners could find you after the episode? We will, of course, have Jamie's links in the show notes, but maybe there's something specifically you're working on or your favorite place for people to find you. My favorite place to be find me is either my blog or Instagram or Snapchat. So Instagram, it's at underscore Jamie Hyatt, Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, Hyatt, H-Y-A-T-T. And then for Snapchat, it's different, which is annoying. It's <laughs> at jam, like your favorite jelly. And then Hyatt. Yes. <laughs> I have type in Jamie a lot. And I'm like, where are you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, it's jam Hyatt. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I'm at on Snapchat. And then my blog is just jamiehyatt.com. You can find the blog there. And yeah, I'm creating really cool content. So come find me and let's be friends. Yes. And she's doing international travel. So do not let yourself feel limited if you're in Oklahoma or Copenhagen. Yeah. (laughs) That could be like some sort of tagline or something. It could be. Don't be limited. From it should be like from A to Z. Like from Arizona to Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. (laughs) Jamie Hot is the photographer (laughs) for you. I love that. I also TM. Want- yes. <laughs> yeah, right? Trademark. <laughs> Copywritten. I also want to mention that we have become such good friends via, obviously, the online community and also Snapchat. Snapchat has been a very big platform for us to build friendships. Huge. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We are this would not be possible if we didn't have Snapchat. No. Is- no, I think I said I think I think said maybe in our episode that was just you and I, Asia, from this week that, like, when I met Jamie, I was like, oh, this is just so normal. <laughs> yeah. It, it feels yeah. so natural. I was like, I already know you. I love that. Uh, but like next level. Airport. I'm like, is it weird that I feel like I already know, I know you? you? It's not like <laughs> awkward. Yeah. yeah, I was like, wait, we know each other. Already. I'm like, you're just yeah. really short. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! Uh, wait, Asia, how tall are you? I am five foot nothing. Okay, that's what I told Jamie, and I was yeah. like, I think she's five foot. I hope she's not like five three, and I'm just saying that. No, I am just very small. Yeah. And my mom's actually shorter than me. Isn't that funny? Yeah, your mom's she's tiny. Horrible. Yeah, and John's mom's me even and are exactly the same height. Really? Yeah. That's so funny. Yes. Yeah, that's really funny. All right. So thanks again. And thank you guys for listening. Until our next episode, we are sending you all of our positive and creative vibes your way. And we hope you have a fabulous freaking week. Thank you for listening to Space to Face brought to you by Asia Croson and Paige Poppy. To find out more about us and get episodes delivered straight to your inbox each week, please check out our website at space2face.com. Until our next episode, we hope you'll apply what you've learned today to nurture both the online and face-to-face aspects of your business. And until then, we thank you and we will see you in our next one.